0: Hello, and welcome to Right Cared Baptist. Today, Henry and I are back with Jeannie Dean and Kim Dennyhower to talk again about the e coding changes that are coming in January 2021. We had so much fun the last time, and we were so confused when we left that we thought we'd bring everybody back to hopefully get some clarity on this issue. I know our guests and, and all of us have been watching a bunch of webinars and reading as much about it as we can, so hopefully we can bring you some clarity. Jake,
1: it's a confusing story.
0: Do you all want to just give a, a quick recap on the, the changes that are coming?
2: All of this is supposed to take the burden, you know, off of the physicians with unnecessary documentation. So now the EM level is going to be based on the medical decision making or total time spent. And one of the main things to remember is this only affects the office visit codes. Of 99201 through 99215, and and, and they define they gave us more definitions in the medical decision making table, which kind of benefits us, um, especially when it comes to established uh, patient level three and four.
0: Gotcha, thank you, Jeannie. So I know we're going to run through a bunch of cases and and kind of have y'all cut those out. But before we did that, I just wanted to highlight some of the important things that I've heard from it. So one of the things I learned was that, well, one, our notes are the longest in, in the world. Our, our, everybody knows about note bloat, but in Bab, at Baptist, our notes are in the 25th percentile compared to the rest of the epic population in the United States. So our notes are, are, are the longest of the longest in the world one of the things that this is going to help with is we no longer have to include a lot of those aspects in our notes um, that we had previously been doing. Like, you no longer have to include the review systems. You just spell out in your HPI what additional symptoms that that patient may be having. you don't have to list the 12-point review systems. You don't have to include all of the different histories. Um, You know, those are, are accessible elsewhere in the chart. You don't necessarily have to include all those in your notes. You just have to include the pertinent physical exam findings. Um, You don't have to do a complete uh, physical exam on every patient in order to get uh, to bill for the highest level. And you don't have to dump every lab and radiology study into your note. Just comment on what the labs are, and that should satisfy any of the new requirements. Is that y'all's take, Kim and, and Jeannie?
1: Right, and it needs to, as long as it supports the medical necessity of why you chose it, why you have made that
3: decision? It's that's perfect. Ken, let me ask questions, Henry. And I really appreciate you guys coming back on because I I I I, I, I agree with you that I think we're going to find ourselves at a better spot, and the whole process will be le- less burdensome for the clinician. Uh, for the visit. Uh, but let me ask a question and what Jay touched on is that only the relevant information, and that includes information on the past medical history is is needed to be captured with that visit as long as that other uh, medical history ca- is captured within the medical record. what what concerns me about not having pulled that other medical history forward is that, there, there may be something in that medical history um, that in spite of the clinician's great judgment uh, might ultimately prove to be of significance. Is the filtering of that in any way a concern from uh, the, the quality of the note um, and also the decision-making that goes in by leaving that, that medical history aside?
2: still pull in all of the past family social history, Um, that isn't a problem. You would just need to make sure in your medical decision-making, you state what in the uh, past medical history is pertinent to the condition that you are addressing that day.
0: And and I want to point out as well, it doesn't always have to be in the notes. So, you know, in, in Epic, you have, you can look at Uh, a past visit based on the notes, or you can look at it past based on the encounters using that chart review encounters tab. The encounters tab will link out to all of the other kind of extraneous stuff like the histories, um, the labs, the radiology. You don't have to include it in the note. Don't worry that you're gonna lose it because you didn't include it. It's still there, it's still captured. It's just in that encounters section. Um, So it's a little bit cleaner than having everything in a long, long note.
3: Well, that that was a subtle recruiting of our non-Epic physicians to join uh, the the Epic uh, provider community, uh, but not not all not all uh, EHRs I, I, I suspect allow you to have that that functionality.
0: A, a lot of them do. Uh, they're called different things, but yes, uh, a lot of them are moving more towards including aspects of the of of that patient's uh, capturing the aspects of the patient in other places other than the note. So I I know um, Ferner, Athena, and others do similar things. They call it different things.
1: But you know, this is going back, Henry, to go back round to to your question, is it's going back to allowing the physician to actually practice medicine or the nurse practitioner. You're actually doing, making a clinical decision of what you know and what you can, you can look at, but you don't have to make sure that you've actually added it to the record because it's already there. But it's just included in your thought process. Does that no, make, I make sense?
3: So, no, I appreciate that uh, Kim and I, I agree with you. I, I just uh, intentionally just belabor the point just to have us kind of beat that topic a little bit further. So I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's going to allow the clinician to not have to go through that burdensome process, which we did historically. Thank you.
0: All right. Are you all ready to dive into some cases? And what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to read just a brief kind of overview of a patient visit. We're going to say what it would have been with the old rules and what it would be with the new rules. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. So the first one is a 42-year-old woman with well-controlled hypertension and diabetes coming in for routine follow-up visit. Blood work was done and medications refilled. So what would this uh, visit code out to if we're looking at old versus new? And I guess we can comment on um, level of service if we're using time-based versus medical decision-making as well. Although based on some of the webinars I've listened to recently, really time-based, it should be the exception and not the rule from what a lot of these uh, people are are advocating. So Jeannie, you want to take this one?
2: Yeah, if we, if we're going to look at the current guidelines, I would only be able to tell you what the medical decision making would score out as. Okay. Um, Because, you know, we wouldn't, we don't know if we have a complete exam and all of the other points that we need um, that we currently have to have.
0: I guess assume that you got a complete exam and all of that, because most, most would be including that in their, their long notes that we have.
2: So this patient has um, two chronic stable um, conditions, which is the hypertension and the diabetes. And we did blood work, because they would get a point for labs. And we did, uh, we gave a prescription. So the way that would put us, you know, so you have to break it down and it would put you, At low complexity, because you would get two points for an established problem, stable, and you would get a point for each one, and then one point for your labs, and then you would, it would fall under moderate because of the prescription, but you know you have to have two of the three, so it would code out as a 99213. Okay. current guidelines.
0: All right, and what about with the new guidelines?
2: So with the new guidelines, this would be a 99214.
0: And what makes it a four? Okay, go ahead.
2: Because you, because um, again, they've um, given us more definitions. So, and now they're not, there isn't a difference between new versus established. So two or more stable chronic conditions now fall under moderate you no longer have to worry about giving points and and adding all of that up so we would be moderate there um we would get straightforward for labs um, but prescription drug management is still moderate the same as it is currently but again we still only need two of the three so we would do away with the testing So the two conditions made it moderate, and the prescription made it moderate. Which the new guidelines in 2021 scores that as a 99214.
3: Perfect. All right, I've got one. I've got one. Here you go, guys. And I'm going to throw this to uh, Jeannie or Kim. It's a toss up. 25 year old, and they're coming in with with a a new case of uh, sinusitis. That didn't require any labs, but a uh, prescription for antibiotic augment was given.
2: So, if it's acute sinusitis, um, that's considered an uncomplicated problem. The old way, that would be a new problem, and then we gave a prescription, which would be which would be moderate, and then we did. Um, no labs, so that would score out as a 99213 with the new guidelines. It would be a three because it's still low, they still consider it low, so that one wouldn't change because the acute uncomplicated illness is still considered low complexity. And the only reason that it stays the same is the current guidelines, you get three points for a new problem. And this would be a new problem to the physician. Okay. So, so, and that's the only way that it scores out as a, a three, a 99213 with the current guidelines.
0: Okay. And if you had that same patient, but they came out with a sore throat, and you did a test on them, you know, a rapid test, it uh, was negative, so you didn't even prescribe any medications, so you just kind of reassured them. That seems to me, with the old system, that's clearly a three. Is that still a three on the new
3: one? Yes. Okay.
2: All
0: so,
3: right. I, I, so I've got one for you, okay? I think Jake and I are getting the hang of this. So here, here comes, here comes another one for you guys. I got a 55-year-old obese male with a lot of comorbidities. It comes in with knee pain, uh, new onset, and uh, is examined, uh, x-rays are obtained, and then uh, seeing no fracture, etc. physical therapy is ordered. Help us figure that one.
2: Okay, so since it's knee pain, this one, since it doesn't state we would have to assume that it's a new problem. So with the current guidelines, we would say that that's a new problem to the physician. We did um, x-rays, so we would get a point for that. And we ordered uh, them to do physical therapy. So with the new, I mean with the current guidelines, that would score out as,
3: Nine nine, two one
2: three. Three, huh? <laughs> <laughs> even though
3: the guys, even the guys got, even though the guys got all these comorbidities, you gotta, we gotta factor that in to your assessment. But, but
2: it isn't here, and that's what I was gonna say. But we do not know what the comorbidities are.
3: All it right, is, let us fill let you me. in. Let us oh, fill okay. you in. Okay, okay, you're getting picky now, Jake. He, fill her in. Fill her in. He's got, he's
0: got obesity diabetes, hypertension and heart disease.
1: They are stable.
0: Yes.
2: And are you addressing them? Do you need to address those in order to address the knee pain?
0: Not in this visit. We're not addressing it at this visit, just the knee
3: pain.
2: So they're irrelevant?
3: Well, no, hold on a second. But but you've got to ask them. Did I, I mean I'm not sure. I'd, is this could be exacerbation of a chronic heart uh, problem with some exact shortness of breath that may have led to knee pain? Am I not going to just ask him? Is your uh, are you having shortness of breath? Do you have any ambulation emulation issues? I mean, so for
1: the- and he did, documented that. So yeah. This is where your note bloat becomes. You know, you're not getting to just use your clinical decision making. That's where this new system is much better.
0: Okay, so old system, you know, and I think we talked about this, the old coding guidelines, you listed all problems whether or not you were addressing them that visit or not. The new guidelines say you really only list the problems you're addressing, right?
2: Correct. And and if you, you can continue to list them, but if you do not state something about them to be able to prove that you address them. Then you cannot count that toward leveling your uh, service for that day.
3: Okay, Jeannie, that's a great point. Let me let me go back to that. Then let's say though, then that this fellow does have a lot of comorbidities, and in order to in order to us to get to this is a physical therapy only issue, we did have to review X Y Z, and we we mm-hmm. so noted that in the chart just to validate that his comorbidities are not contributing to the knee pain. Is that where you're going with this?
2: Yes, so that's going to, so the way it's currently documented, the way that would be a level three, um, old, I mean, current or new, but if you address the comorbidities, um, that would move you to a four with the uh, 2021 guidelines.
0: What about 2021? Even if you're only addressing the knee pain. Then you're at a a
2: 99213 because that drops you down to just one acute, uncomplicated injury.
0: And the medical decision making with x-rays and physical therapy uh, doesn't get you any additional points?
2: No, because you only did one x-ray. So then that's another question. If did you um, only x-ray the knee? Or did you also x-ray the leg as well? We
0: we just x-rayed the knee, and we ordered, so two orders, knee, physical therapy, and maybe we ordered some topical insets. So medication, let's throw the medication in there.
2: So then that would move you to a four.
0: Okay. But if it was just x-ray and physical therapy, we'd leave that as a three? Yes. Okay.
1: Because it's overall low, low risk. Even if you have two more or more stable chronic conditions.
0: Okay. No, he's
2: saying if, if, we, if we do not have those.
0: Well, no, I'm, I'm saying they the have them, but we didn't, we didn't address them at that visit.
2: Correct. If you address them, it makes it a level four. If it's, as it's stated here, that the patient has multiple comorbidities, they come in with knee pain, x-ray, physical therapy ordered, that would be a three because... There isn't anything in the documentation that tells us that. Fine, we know he has comorbidities, but did you address them? Okay. It's kind of back to the old thing of if not documented, not done.
0: All right. Well, let's go to the next one. I'll take this one. 45-year-old, poorly controlled diabetic, uh, also has hyperlipidemia, high blood pressure, maybe some kidney d- kidney disease. Uh, Sees multiple specialists, comes in, you make multiple changes to medications, start the patient on insulin, um, refer the patient to diabetes education, and other specialists. Complex patient, where's that old system, where's that new system?
2: Again, with the new old system, we're assuming that we have a comprehensive history and a comprehensive um, exam. Yep. So the medical decision-making, if we're gonna give um, medication, because we're doing prescription management because we're making changes, then that would still put us at moderate, which would be uh, a level four new patient.
0: For the old system? Okay.
2: But it would be the same with the new system, um, because with the new system, they do not make a difference between new and established patients
0: and and so we talked about this a little before the real changes in the new system are around the edges of the three to fours level fives are kind of still what they were before is that right are you finding any cases where uh, the new system bumps more cases up to a level five
2: i think there's going to be some right now we do not see very many level fives at all. I do think that we will see a slight increase in them, due to uh, documentation based on drug therapy that requires um, intensive monitoring, um, or if the decision is made for the patient um, to be admitted. Those would kind of be some examples that um, could be level five.
0: So if you had a, a poorly controlled COPD patient came in, cough, shortness of breath, um, and you gave them some nebs in clinic, that would be a level five, you think? Even if they didn't get admitted?
2: Now that would be a four, but if the decision, because the only difference between exacerbated and severe exacerbated with the new guidelines is exacerbated means you do not think they need to be uh, hospitalized. They, uh if severe exacerbation is you think they need to be admitted.
0: So what would be an example of a patient you would treat in clinic that would be a level five that didn't kind of get like that. And let's
2: just say you gave the nibs and things but it but it did the patient didn't improve. So um, you you made the decision and told them that you feel that they need to go um, be admitted to the hospital so that they could be monitored.
0: So if you just treated them and sent them home even if you monitored them in your office for 30 minutes to an hour that wouldn't that would count. Well I guess is, okay. So
2: that's one that I would probably base it on total time. And gotcha. that's a good example of when like I said we shouldn't pro, you know promote time being used a lot. But that's a perfect example of when the time would um, be a better option than uh, medical decision making.
3: Hey, Gideon, let me, let me ask you a question along of those same lines. Let's say that as part, and I think we covered this last time, but let's say the same patient and 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 they did seem to get better. Uh, And we sent them home, and we probably felt that we had properly captured that as four, maybe bumping up on a five. But um, we had said part of that, we're going to call you back in two hours, uh, say at 6.30 tonight, and just make sure that you're still uh, doing well. Would that that be bundled then into all of that decision-making in the new system and then help to – uh, increase that time piece if you will uh to account for that follow-up call?
2: Yes. As long as it is on the same date of service. Okay. Gotcha.
3: Okay. Well Jay can I can I throw one out because this is in my in my days of gynecology, I've got a I've got a quick one for you now. Uh, I have a sixty year old sixty eight year old female that's coming in for her Medicare annual wellness visit. She's an established patient of mine, and while she's there, uh, I'm also asked what I'm on um, uh, looking at her medications and sure enough, uh, she needs to have, I feel like an adjustment in her hypertension medication. So uh, in addition to an annual wellness visit, uh, I do uh, an assessment of her current hypertension, make a change to her meds. Uh, how would I build that in the old system? Do I do an annual wellness visit plus an EM code, or how do I do that in the new system?
2: You would do them the same. Um, you wouldn't change the way that you currently document those. You would just need to... Uh, Keep in mind the part that you are documenting for the hypertension and um, review of the medication, you would only need to document what is um, medically appropriate when it comes to the history and the exam.
0: And this would be a hard one to do time-based billing, right?
2: Yes. Yes. You never, and this is a perfect example to where you would never want to use time because let's just say you wanted to, you would have to have it very clear all throughout that visit, this time was spent on the AWV, 10 minutes later you know, this time was spent on the hypertension. It would have to be so clear of what amount of your time was spent for each portion of that visit.
0: I think it's really helpful. And we've gotten that question from some of our physicians already about how to do that. So I appreciate you answering it. Um, You know, I've learned a lot. I think I understand kind of the, the cases that's that's going to be pushed from a three to a four, basically old versus the new. Uh, But do you have any further guidance, you know, since you've, you've kind of been in the weeds on this recently about any other, any other takeaways you want to give to our medical staff?
2: Um, some of the, I do think that you know our biggest change that we're going to see is in established patient level threes going to level fours. But the main thing that everyone needs to keep in mind is, you know, things are changing with our documentation, but medical necessity still drives your level. Because I've had some physicians in family medicine, you know, sometimes they do four or five labs. While they're there so with this new system you would get four or five points which could easily put you down at a level five if you had other things with it so it still comes down to medical necessity if and if you put an hour you know let's just say base it on time and you spend you say total time spent was 40 minutes or 45 minutes on this patient that would score out as a 99215 but your diagnosis is strep so, so so you know so you have to be able to make sure that everything still is in line with medical necessity because if the patient had strep throat Why did you need to spend 40 minutes? Now let's flip that. If a patient comes in with strep, maybe you only had to spend 15 minutes total face-to-face time with that patient. If you bill that on time, that would be a level two. But if you would bill it based on your documentation, if you had to give them a Prescription for an antibiotic, then you would bill a level 4.
0: But if it was the same patient, simple case, and you said, you just, you, you have a cold, you don't even need an antibiotic and you argued back and forth with that patient for, for 30 minutes, they wouldn't leave your office or 45 minutes. They wouldn't leave your office um, and you really had to spend a lot of time counseling and you documented that you spent that time, excessive time counseling in your note. Uh, could you bill time based on then and, and bill at the higher level because you, you put in all that time?
2: You can as long as your doc in, in those cases because um, we still don't know yet how all commercial plans are going to abuse this, but you would want to make sure that your documentation was clear that all of that time was spent on the treating problem um, and not, you know, other things. But as long as your documentation shows that you had to spend 30 minutes because you were explaining why they needed to take the augmentin um, versus z pack or, or whatever the reason would be, why <laughs> oh, why And it, you would, and it would support an it. antibiotic.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
2: One thing I would like to add to that, with the um, new guidelines, let's say that patient um, you wanted to prescribe an antibiotic and um, the patient refused. And they're like, no, that's okay. You know, I would rather not take one. Your medical decision was you feel that patient should be placed on an antibiotic. That's how you score your level. Doesn't matter, you would make sure to put in your documentation that patient refused prescription um, for the medication, but you would still score your level based on the prescription.
0: Okay. Now this could actually come up a lot because, you know, oftentimes we could treat, uh, you know, we ask patients if they're interested in smoking and we could offer them medications to help with smoking cessation. If it is our medical judgment that we need to prescribe a medication for them to stop smoking but the patient doesn't want to stop smoking, doesn't want to take the medications, you're saying that could count?
2: If smoking is going to make whatever condition you're treating them for if it's medically necessary for them to stop smoking to improve the condition that they came in to be treated for
0: i mean that's almost every medical condition
2: so correct so you've got to you know do medical necessity on that because you're correct you could put that on every patient
0: okay interesting um, so I know that the AMA has a couple of webinars out there on this topic that I would encourage our listeners to find and listen to. We're also going to do another one in January, kind of after you know all of this starts going into effect, just to kind of get some feedback and, and figure out lessons learned about going forward. Um, that I would encourage you to look for as well. Uh, but any last words for our for our guests before we we let them go?
3: No, Jeannie and Kim. I, uh, again, Jake and I really appreciate you guys coming in and and, pl- and uh, letting us play stump the band with you. Uh, we look forward to a- actually having you come back once this is, is once this is implemented and and just some follow up advice that we can share with our, our community. Thank you. Thank All right.
1: You so much. We'd be glad to.
3: And thanks everybody for listening to
0: Right Care Baptist. Please, you can, you can email me at jake.lancaster at bmhcc. If you have any questions uh, particular to this episode, happy to try to answer those for you if we can. Um, and remember, you can uh, look in the show notes and find the survey for the CME. Thank you so much.